Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Today we're continuing our theme that we started last week. Maybe you were on vacation, so we'll kind of give you a little bit of an entryway in. But uh, our theme this month is called Leaving Smallville, Breaking Limitation. I think we've all felt the containment of the last couple of years. What, what that's meant to be isolated or be at home or, or just, just in like what we just had to do again. Pivot, pivot, pivot. You just have to pivot. You, just, you, you find a way to find the best possible in the moment that you find yourself. That's what life is about. So today's message is called New Horizons. New Horizons beginning with Psalm chapter four from two different translations. Psalm 4.1 from the Amplified says this, God answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness, uprightness, justice, and right standing with you. You have freed me when I was hemmed in and enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. The Passion Translation said like this, God, you are my righteousness, my champion defender. Answer me when I cry for help. Whenever I was in distress, you enlarged me. I'm being squeezed again. I need your kindness right away. Grant me your grace, hear my prayer, set me free. When I first heard this scripture 30 years ago, I heard it as through times of great stretching, he enlarges your capacity. Finally, Habakkuk chapter two, verse one. Habakkuk writes, I will stand my watch and set myself on the wall in the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. Isn't that interesting? It's curious. I will watch to see what he will say to me because his word produces imagination. His word produces images of our future. I'll, watch it. I'll stand my watch at myself in the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. Not here, not just here. That's amazing, isn't it? And what I, will, what I will answer when I'm corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but the end it will, not, it will speak, it will not lie, though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Let's pray one more time. Father, would you grant us a spirit of open eyes, revelation, open eyes to your word to see and to hear what your spirit is saying and doing in this time in Jesus' name. Enlarge our capacity through everything that tries to hem us in, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Last week, we talked about the raging spiritual battle. It is all around us. It is... It's on the news, it's all around us, it's right there. It's an invisible fight, whether you know it or not. The fight is in the invisible realm. It's in the heavenly realm first, the spiritual atmosphere. The kingdom of God, we said last week, is always expanding. And the kingdom of darkness, the world system, is always at odds, trying to contain or restrain the growth of the kingdom. Everything seen on earth, is only a manifestation of the unseen working in the spirit. 
And the channel or agency for God's increasing kingdom is the body of Christ, the church of Jesus. That's why we get the brunt of a lot of the containment issues going on in the world. It's because we are kingdom carriers. We're the ones, listen, Jesus said, as you go and you pray for the sick and you, and you heal the sick, you raise the dead, you cast out demons, tell them that today the kingdom of God has come near to you. You're a carrier of God's kingdom. You're a carrier of his power. You are a carrier more than anything else. You're the carrier of the presence of Jesus. And out of that, he wants to flow in you, for you, through you to others in this world. And so the only chance the enemy has of holding God's kingdom expansion back or slowing it down is to try to slow you down. Or to try, better yet, to get you to slow yourself down. I'm not talking about pace of life here. I'm talking about obedience. I'm talking about life and living for God and living fully for the Lord. We've got to be in agreement with the word. When the, people, when the Pharisees approached Jesus and said, hey, where's the kingdom of God? Is it here? Is it there? He said, no, the kingdom of God is within you. It's within, within God's people, within the church, within God's people, God's sons and daughters, you carry the kingdom. Christ in you is the only hope of glory in this world. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> now as we move on, often in life, the only way to significance is to go through Smallville, to go through a time of containment. The only way to a life of significance is to go through Smallville. That's where your true character is formed. As Winston Churchill said, if you find yourself going through hell, keep going. That's one of the great Churchill statements. I love that. I love Churchill quotes. Think of the little shepherd boy, David. Even though he was anointed by Samuel the prophet to become the next king, nothing happened. His only road out of Smallville was by going through a mountain of a man named Goliath who brought a terrible threat <clears throat> to, the, to the nation, <clears throat> pardon me, to Israel. And that one fierce battle and subsequent overwhelming victory shifted all of David's life, I call it from the malice to the palace, shifted him from a life of insignificance and frustration, anxiety and anger, and put him into the position where the people were shouting his name and saying, David, Saul has slain his thousands, but David is tens of thousands. <clears throat> it was there old-fashioned social media. Women were singing songs about this battle and it positioned David. So you and I go through things, we go through these challenges, we go through these moments, but if we'll let God work in us, it brings that shift. Listen, even people that have never read the Bible have heard the term David and Goliath. <clears throat> There's a David and Goliath struggle Psalm 4 that I read to you, out of, out of my distress you've enlarged me, was a Psalm of David, Psalm chapter 4, as he addressed the people of Israel regarding the uprising of his treacherous son Absalom against him. He said, he got up and proclaimed to Israel, hey, my, my own son is against me. But I want you to know that out of this challenge, out of this pain, God is enlarging me as a man. 
enlarging me as a vessel and equipping and enabling me to lead us as a people through more than this, through times of great stretching, you have enlarged my capacity. Think about that. How do we grow through adversity? How do we come out on the other side of a spiritual attack of containment into a season of expansion? One word, prayer, prayer, prayer. Remember, prayer may not be what you think it is. Prayer is not reciting a laundry list or your Christmas list to heaven and just telling God what you need. That's one, that's one kind of prayer. That's called supplication, praying in your supplies. I call it having a supplies party. Uh, you, didn't, you missed it. Anyway, maybe I'm not here either and I'm only on the screen. Prayer is a two-way communication between you and God. It's a, it's a dialogue, not a monologue is the point. And sometimes we limit because we, we put prayer in this little, talk about Smallville. <clears throat> we put prayer in this little tiny box of what we think it is. And some of you were raised in traditional uh, denominations like I was. And you were taught that prayer was something they gave you to read or something you memorized or something you just said that, Hail Marys are our fathers. And I'm telling you, prayer is more relational than that. And it's, it's listening and it's watching to see what he will say. Prayer is a two-way communication between you and God. It's up and down. And there are answers to prayer. When you pray, you, there are answers that come. And we're going to talk about that this week. Every, listen, <clears throat> if you don't know how to pray, this is your week. Amen. Maybe you're newer to the things of God or newer to the things of the Holy Spirit. Come this week. Give God eight nights. Eight is the number of new beginnings. Come at seven o'clock every night this week until next Sunday night. And let's see what God does. Talk about see what God does. Let's see what God does when we give him the beginning of our year. Last year, we couldn't even gather. Last year, we had to be online. This year, we get to be in the room. We get to be together because there's power in the gathering. There's power in the, in the connection, in being together in the same place. The word church means a gathering together of called out ones to action. That's what, this, that's what corporate prayer, church-wide prayer is when we have seasons of prayer like this. I'll say it this way. Prayer is the vehicle you drive out of Smallville. Prayer is your way out. Because prayer begins to see what God says instead of what you feel. The name of Jesus gives us access to the throne of God. And for some of you that are newer, you need to know. You, you've heard of power of attorney. Somebody wants to give you the right to utilize their name. When Jesus said, in my name, you shall cast out devils. You shall speak with new tongues. You shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. If you didn't get any deadly thing, it won't harm you. All of that, Mark chapter 16, all those things in his name, power in his name. Jesus gave you and me power of attorney. He said, in my physical absence, I give you the legal right to do all the things that I did in my earthly ministry. That's why the enemy hates your guts. 
That's, you want to know why, why there's so many challenges, so many things going on? I'm telling you, there's a battle raging, but Jesus already won. And we have to stand up and enforce it and believe it and trust him and keep stepping forward. Sometimes it's baby steps and sometimes it's giant leaps. But prayer releases the power of heaven into our earthly lives right now. Prayer enlarges you. Prayer enlarges you. David was prophesying to himself in Psalm 4. How did he feel that his firstborn son betrayed him? How did he feel? How do you feel when you're betrayed by a friend or a loved one? How do you feel? It's deep, man. It's painful. It's some of the main things that want to make you quit, right? We've all been through betrayal. Jesus even had Judas. God the Father had Lucifer. Everybody knows betrayal. And in that moment, David prophesies and says, oh God, but you take all this stuff that's trying to box me in and get me to suck my thumb in a corner in the fetal position and you enlarge my capacity. You make me bigger on the inside through every challenge. My goodness, that's the God I wanna serve. That's the God I wanna follow. He enlarges you. I got a quote I, I've been saving for a while. I love this. Uh, when, I, when I did this series on supernatural a few months ago about God wants to utilize your life for miracles, the miraculous. <clears throat> At the end of that time, I got this quote and I, I was already done preaching the series. So I got to keep that in the pocket there. Listen to this. This is powerful. Watchman Nee, a great Chinese believer, <clears throat> said this. He wrote this. Our prayers lay the track down which God's power can come. Like a mighty locomotive, his power is irresistible, but it cannot reach us without the rails. Prayer, think about that. Keep that up for a moment. Prayer lays down the track of the miraculous. Prayer, it, it, it appropriates it. It gets it to us and to where God wants it to be. Prayer, just keep that up another second. Some people I see are writing it down. Isn't that powerful? Our prayers lay the track down on which God's power can come. Like a mighty locomotive, his power is irresistible. But it cannot reach us without rails. If you're saying you believe the promises of God's word, but not praying them in, you're probably stuck. You're probably stalled out right now in your life because what you call faith God calls wishful thinking because prayer has to be expressed, has to be declared, has to be spoken, written, proclaimed, declared. If you're, say you're believing, but you're not praying, that's why you're stuck. Prayer grabs the promise and calls it into existence. Prayer grabs a scripture promise that's a rhema to you. In other words, God, you know, sometimes you're reading the Bible, you're reading the, 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 the words on the page. But if you're reading and you're, if you belong to Jesus, if, if you're born again, and if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, at some point, one of those passages or one of those words or one of those phrases is gonna lift up off the page and hit you right here. Gonna get you right there. That's God's word for you. And you have to 
Activate that. That's one of the words I have for 2022. It's a year of activation. It's a year of activation. It's a year of doing something, not just learning something. It's a year of applying something, not just hearing something. Prayer grabs the promise that you get that rhema word, that, that now word. Prayer grabs it and says, that's mine. That's mine. By his stripes, I am healed is not just written in Isaiah and Peter. It's now, it's, that's mine. I, I see it now that, that when Jesus went to the cross 2,000 years ago, he took my sickness and disease just like he took my sin. He took my poverty and weakness just like he took my sin. He didn't just, he, he took my sin. If all he took was my sin, as, as a lot of people just stopped there, that's wonderful. It'd be great, but that's not all he did. He took my condition of sin and all that went along with it. Real Bible faith. It's like the Bible talks about in Romans chapter four, Abraham, the father of our faith. Faith calls those things that be not as though they were. That's the King James version of Romans 4.17b. Abraham as many of you remember, had to begin at one point in his 90s. Now God said, okay, now it's time to have the baby, but I'm changing your name. You're no longer Abram, which you've been for like 99 years. You're Abraham. Sorry, front row. You're gonna wish you wore a mask today, sorry. Abraham, it's a, there's a ch, there's a ch, in, in, in Hebrew, there's a ch in there. That Abraham, it exponentially enlarged what God was saying about him. Now, God had been saying it all along. But right before the breakthrough happened, God required Abraham, now you need to start calling yourself what I call you and not what your parents named you. <clears throat> are you getting this? Are you okay? You're not freaking out, are you? Okay, I hope you're getting this at home. That there is a moment right as you're coming into breakthrough season of something you're praying and believing and standing on. You say, why didn't it happen yet? I'm so frustrated. I don't know. But there's a moment where God says, here's what I want you to do. You're no longer the way everybody else called you to be. You're now exactly who I called you to be. And let me tell you what I called you to be. You're the father of many nations. You're not just a father. You're the father of many nations. And Abraham says, I don't feel like it. But the next time somebody said, "Uh, excuse me, what's your name, sir? He had a choice to make. He either goes back with his declaration and calls himself what his parents called him, what Sarah called him for that matter. Sarai called him for that matter up to that moment. God changed both their names, by the way. God said, you start calling things what I tell you to call them. And Abraham finally had to say, my name's Abraham. I am the father of many nations. And then the seed got planted 
I used to think that Abraham got that, got that word to change his name like early on in the 25-year promise, but no, no. It was right toward the end. Read it. It was right before, as God was positioning him for breakthrough. And that's what I feel this whole year is about. It were, God is positioning you for breakthrough, for promises. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 says this, for he himself, I love this, for God himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Think about that, okay? This is New Testament, right? <clears throat> so God has said some stuff in his word so we may half-heartedly say. We may kind of mutter. No, so we may boldly say. That's proclaim. That's declare. That's uh, that I'm going to say what God said about me. No matter who thinks I'm a fool. Emphasis here is on boldly. And that's how we got to pray. How we pray is important too. The attitude of prayer is important. A lot of people still approach God with an unworthy sense of sin and approach God as beggars. Every time they come, and a lot of religious people do that. A lot of church people do that. They come every time coming in and telling God how unworthy they are. But how many of you know the Bible says that God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us that we might become, not have, become the righteousness of God in Christ. Remember the, I said last week, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. That used to trip me up so badly when I was a Presbyterian, I'll just be honest with you. Because I was told nobody's righteous. There's no one righteous. And outside of Christ, that's true. But if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. And he made me righteous. That's right in the same chapter, 2 Corinthians 5. It's right in the same chapter. It's right there. That you, you have been made new. And now not only do you have the righteousness of Jesus, that would, be, that would be awesome if we just had it. No, we become it. In his name, we become. He that's joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. He that's joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. His spirit and your spirit. You're not unworthy. You're not a worm. You're not wretched. I don't mind singing, you know, the, the old songs. You know, and wretched, oh, oh, what a wretched man. Amazing grace. Saved a wretch like me. Well, I can sing that and understand that it's talking about past tense, but a lot of people can't. That's who I was till I was 19. That's not who I am. He made Jesus. Jesus didn't go to the cross and pay that ultimate price to make you a better citizen or to give you some goodness. He came to make you righteous in right standing with God, not by your works, but by his grace. By his mercy, he saved us, Titus says. By his mercy, he saved us. 
by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. It's not by what you and I do. The moment we get back into that, we're back under bondage. So so if you blew it this week, and didn't we all blow it in some way? The news resolution's already gone. I had to, I did, you know, I, I get down on myself. I don't talk about this much, but I get down on myself a little bit sometimes when I, when I gain a few pounds. That's been a, a, a thing in my life. But it doesn't bother me so much that it, between Thanksgiving and Easter, I just graze like a horse. It doesn't, you know, it bothers me, but it bothers me after the fact, okay? <clears throat> and then I thought this week as I was praying, I thought, and it was probably a God thought, but I had this thought. What if I had gained 30 pounds last year? And I didn't, thank God. I didn't gain 30 pounds. I gained a few. What if I gained 30 pounds last year and over Christmas lost it? I'd be the exact same weight I am now, but I'd be happy about it. You understand what I'm saying? Like sometimes you gotta give yourself a break. I'd be like, wow, I'm the, look at this weight. I just lost 30 pounds. So I think sometimes we get stuck because we're so in the quagmire of our own feelings and our own emotions and the things that, that are weaknesses and the things that get to us. And I'm not making excuses. I'm hopefully gonna still lose a few pounds this year. Like one guy said last year, he said, uh, I'm still trying to keep my New Year's resolution. I uh, promised myself I'd lose 20 pounds and I only got 30 more to go. Yeah. <laughs> some of you relate with that. Some of you skinny people have no idea what I'm talking about. Everybody's got stuff, right? So what's your prayer attitude? There are different types of prayers we set. But how we pray is important. If some people come as beggars, but some people come as sons and daughters of God. And the same book of Hebrews where it says, he has said certain things in his word that we may boldly say what he says, says, let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace for now, for living now, time of need. You awake? Come boldly before the throne of grace. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a ruthlessness to it. I'm, I'm gonna talk about this. this, this I, want, I want you to understand, open your heart for a couple of moments because I'm gonna give you a couple more verses and then we're gonna be done and we're gonna pray. But Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, has been a real key verse of scripture since the foundation of this church 31 and a half years ago. Matthew eleven twelve. 12. We were born into a revival that was like this. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. God's word translation said this way. From the days of John the Baptist till now, the kingdom of God has been forcefully advancing forcefully advancing. In other words, overpowering all other authorities. I love the Amplify because it brings it, it colorizes it, it brings it into full view. 
more 3D. Matthew 11, 12, and Amplified. And from the days of John the Baptist until the present time, till right now, the kingdom of heaven has endured violent assault and violent men seize it by force. And then it explains it as a precious prize. A share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. My friends, faith is not passive. Faith is aggressive sometimes. Faith isn't some passive existence. It's not a belief system up here. It's got very little to do with your head. Your head has to kind of go along for the ride. It's, your, it's in your spirit. It's in your gut. It's in the connection where you and God are working together on the inside of your inner man, the real you. And the Bible says that there's a spiritual violence some of you get offended by the word violence. I understand the word violence seems so dark in our modern world, our modern culture, so that many people, they want to skip over these verses of scripture. But I'm telling you, mountain moving prayers of faith speak to the mountain. And then it'll go, hey mountain, how's it going? I wish you'd get out of my way. Jesus commanded the fig tree. If you're not going to bring forth figs when I tell you, then you're cursed. And when the disciples came back the next day, remember that fig tree you cursed? It's dead. Why? Because God's word has that power to bless, to curse, to enlarge, or to contract. What's not participating, but everything in the kingdom is supposed to get bigger or stronger or more full, more well-rounded. It's supposed to grow, to expand. Don't be offended by the word violence in this thing because I want you to think about this. I submit to you that when God the Father cast Lucifer out of heaven and sends to a, to a life of darkness on the earth, it was a righteous violence. This was no finger wagging. You're in timeout, Lucy. Lucy, you got some splaining to do. No, this wasn't that. This was God said, okay, you blew it, buddy. You're out of heaven and I sentence you to earth to be placed under the feet of my people. See, a lot of people have this philosophy like the big bad devil's gonna get you. Ooh, be careful. And I, I'm not saying play with him. I'm just saying, the reality is that the initials, this was a sentencing. This was a, sen this was a judgment of God on the devil to cast him to earth to be placed under your feet. And even after the fall of man into sin, what did God say? He said, okay, there's gonna be enmity between your seed and, her se and their seed. There's gonna be enmity between humanity and the demons that come out of this. But here's the deal, the devil can bruise your heel, can't even break the skin, but you're gonna crush his head. You're gonna crush his head. You're gonna crush, you're gonna crush addiction. You're gonna crush self-doubt. You're gonna crush envy and strife. You're gonna crush the containment that you feel I, I, this kind of comes up in my heart. 
remember saying it years ago. <clears throat> so we had early days of the church, we had so many passive people. And I'll, I'll just be honest with you. Passive men. Passive men. We need men to be men right now. We need men to be men of God. <clears throat> we need men to be, we need women to be women of God too. Don't misunderstand me. But I'm telling you, we need men that rise up with integrity and truth and honor. We need men to be at prayer this week. No, don't just send your women off to prayer. It's not, that's, that, that's not women's work. It's the working of the spirit. We need the men of God. But I remember one time I was trying to explain it to this really nice guy who was like, hey, how you doing? I was trying to talk to him about spiritual warfare and he wasn't getting it. And the Lord just, I said, let me ask you a question. What if you're walking in the mall and somebody jumps out from behind a wall and grabs one of your kids and starts to take them off? Are you gonna gonna say, hey, stop, don't take my kid. I'm gonna tell the police. No, you could have the most passive guy, the most passive woman. Somebody touches their kid, fangs and claws. Mama bear, papa bear rises up, pardon me, in an instant, in a moment. You don't even think about it, right? Protection of one seed is the most natural thing in the world. And I submit to you, even you nice folks, somebody touches your grandkid, your kid, you could be the sweetest person, never, we, we, we say about you, oh, he never says a bad word about anybody. Somebody messes with your seed? Would you not become violent in a righteous way? That's my point. Not espousing violence. I'm, I'm anti-violence. I'm talking about spiritual violence. That prayer is to be in an attitude of coming in. Okay, let me at him. Get off my lawn. Get out of my home, devil. There's a type of prayer that is bold, strong, and authoritative, and sometimes even loud. I don't like it when it's too loud. Well, I'm sorry. You might really be upset by heaven. Because the Bible says in the book of Revelation, and they sang with a loud voice. (laughs) And all the instruments were praising and singing and giving glory to God. Don't get upset, but heaven's going to be loud. Smith Wigglesworth, the great healing evangelist of 100 years ago, said this, there are times, he, <clears throat> he was walking to a bus stop one day and he saw this lady and this little stray dog was following after this little lady. And she's going, go on now, shoo, go and get. Get out of here, doggy. Go on, go on. Now he was in England, so it didn't sound just like that. He wasn't in Alabama. But you get the point. She's being, just going. And the dog just kept clinging to her, following her. And he said, 
He said, he said, ma'am, I'll handle this for you. And he goes, go on, get. And took a step toward him and and the dog took off. He said, the Lord spoke to him right then. He said, that's the way you got to deal with darkness. That's the way you got to deal with devils. You can't just mamby-pamby wish them away. Shoo, go on. Bob says, cast out devils. Not discuss everything with them. Today we enter into a fresh season of prayer as a body. Like Habakkuk in our text, we're committing ourselves to stand watch on the wall and we're going to see what the Lord will say. It's about seeing something from God. One more quote for you. D.L. Moody said this, the Christian on his knees sees more than the philosopher on tiptoe. I love that quote. The Christian on his knees, and that's not literally, but praying. A praying believer sees more in humbling himself than a philosopher sees on his tiptoes reaching for the stars. What a great thought that we can touch heaven this week and see our lives changed. We see what's on the new horizon of God's heart. Write the vision. And listen, God even prophesied it through Habakkuk. If you have your iPad with you, he said, write it on, make it plain on tablets. That was a joke. You didn't get the joke. Okay. So people can read it, with, can run with it, activate it to make it happen. Write down prayer requests. So that's part of what we're going to do. We have got a fresh thing we want to do for prayer. And it involves you before you leave here today. On the back table back here is a little index card. We want you to write down just a few key words. Don't, don't give us a life story. Don't sign it. This is going to be anonymous. But we are building a prayer wall right over here for the eight days of prayer. That we're, going to, we're going to leave it up for the next month or so. And we're going to be praying over your key things. I mean, maybe it's healing. Maybe it's financial breakthrough. Maybe it's a house you've been believing for. Whatever it is, just do that. Give us the headline, okay? Don't give us the fine print. Give us the headline, and we're going to have these transposes on really cool black cards. And we're going to build a prayer wall of your prayer requests and mine, and we're going to put up there, and we're going to pray over them every night this week and then throughout the month praying over these. So before you leave here today, if it, it would really help us if you could fill it out today just with a couple things and turn it in back there at the table today because we're going to have some of them ready the, then even tonight on the wall. But if you want to, what's that? I'm sorry? I said anonymous. Did I say anonymous? <clears throat> sorry. I didn't tell myself because it was anonymous. Sorry. So yeah, you know, this is not about, we're not asking you to fill out your name or anything else. This is maybe healing for a friend, whatever it is. God knows the details, right? But if we can get ourselves in agreement on these things and set ourselves on the wall, praying for each other all this time in this season of prayer, I'm believing for things that have been delayed or held back or on the horizon the new horizon of God. Can you say amen?
Amen. Let's pray together. Would you bow your head and close your eyes for a moment? <clears throat> the scripture I got as we close is Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. It's time to sow yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it's time to seek the Lord until he comes and rains righteousness on you. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for every person watching, every person in the room, and we release your healing power, your righteousness, your peace, your joy in the Holy Spirit. We release your presence, God. Lord, help us to acclimate to what you're saying and what you're doing and what you're calling for us to do right now. We speak life into spiritual areas that have been dry or on the shelf or cobwebs. We speak a refreshing, a spiritual refreshing. In the beginning of 2022, that carries us through this year in faith and fulfillment. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord or you're watching, I ask you to open your heart and just pray this way. Just say, Jesus, come into my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I want everything you have for me. Help me to be bold. Teach me to pray the way you want me to pray. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that with me and meant that, we'd love for you to let us know. We want to hear from you. Maybe after church, you can let one of the ushers know or the pastors know. We love to pray for you. We want to help you grow during this time. Uh, if you've never learned how to pray, this eight days is perfect timing. It's your moment. If you only pray religious prayers out of routine and obligation, this is your season. If you just don't know how to enjoy prayer and the presence of God, this is your opportunity. Come together and just ask God to show you. Amen? Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap if you will. Honor his presence, honor his name. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.